TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome to the Two Guys and a Mic Show. Beautiful Monday here in the fine city of Chicago. Thank you so much for joining us. Hope everybody out there had an outstanding weekend uh, sports and or otherwise. The big dog and the coach at your service, David Olson. Our producer on the other side of the glass. This will be uh, my final week of programming for the year 2010 as that will be on my vacation slash suspension next week. So it uh, better be good. It's the final week of 2010. Without further Joseph ado. Let me welcome in our fine co-host via the telecommunicative tone lines. Hopefully he's okay. After his beloved Bears laid a big, big, big old, dusty old, black old, over-rotten egg yesterday. Joel Radwanski checking in. Mr. Radwanski, how are you? Uh, Coach, I'm doing really, really well. And I don't know what was a bigger collapse this weekend, the, the Metrodome roof or the, the Bears defensive scheme. One and the same, I would say. I, I would say that's a dead tie of the finest variety. Oh, goodness. Yeah, yeah no, that team sure did suck last night. They just plain sucked. I've seen teams suck before, but they were the suckiest bunch of sucks that ever sucked. <laughs> I, I think Homer hit it right on the head right there. <laughs> I don't think we need to do the rest of the show. That pretty much summed it up. <laughs> we could talk baseball winter stove meeting for the next 56 minutes. Oh, that sounds good. Not going to get any better analysis than that. But, uh, big dog, before we uh, break down the Bears or, uh, you know, from that game yesterday, we might just break down, period. Uh, other, other than the football, how was your weekend? Everything good? I did check the, as I do each, every weekend, every Sunday, the arrest record and the obituaries. You weren't in there, so I figured all was good. Well, to be quite honest with you, I'm surprised I wasn't in the obits this week. <laughs> could, it was close, huh? Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's cold it is. You know, it, it's like two degrees out. You gotta walk like yeah. an hour to get to the train. It's, I, eventually one day I'm just going to freeze. Someone's going to find me on the <laughs> Illinois Prairie Path just frozen. And I'll still be like, I'll be in mid stride. I'm going to be like uh, Paul McCartney on the cover of Abbey Road. You won't even be on the ground. You'll just be, uh, that's a good look. If you yeah. got, if you got to go, that's not, not the worst way. At least you were in motion when you went. Yeah, I would have to agree with you on that one. Coach. Yeah. Now I know, uh, last year you talked about major heating situations in your apartment where, uh, we, we like to call the United Nations because you have people of all, Races, creeds, and colors living with you. How has the uh, heat situation been so far this winter? Yeah, in, in my house. it's uh, Well, the house is, I thought everything was fine. And last year, the, the what do you call it, the, the heater blew out uh, of, like in March. So we didn't even need that anymore. So that blew out. Well, today my fence is starting to fall down. The fence? On the outside. So it's, yeah. just, it's not good, Coach. Fence, it's not good. Fences. This, this thing is bleeding. I just, it's, it's a money pit is basically what yeah. this thing is turning out to be. Yeah. I mean, the heating and the air conditioning situation, that's significant. A fence, as far as home appliances, if you want to call it, that fence is highly overrated. Who needs a fence? We have a dog. That's a problem. Yeah. That's and a problem. we have a pool. So maybe the fence isn't all that important now, but it's got to be fixed because uh, we have a pool. I so. see. Lawsuit situation. Yeah, any exactly. of the uh, eight people of different race, creed, colors, United Nations living with you, any of them uh, 
of the lawyer variety that can help you out? Well, my brother is uh, the insurance agent who sold us the house. We're hoping that the deductible isn't all that high and, <laughs> and the fence can actually be fixed okay. through uh, the deductible. Like the whole thing replaced, we're hoping, because the whole thing's coming down. So I'm thinking about just starting kicking the fence down. If, if it is, I'm mm -hmm. just going to take the whole thing down. Sure. Why not? Yeah, trust me. And the way I feel right now, I'll just like kick down one part of the fence, and I'll be like, "You're the Bears' offensive line." And then I'll walk down to the next <laughs> one, and I'll be like, uh, "You're the Bears' play calling." Oh. And I walk down another part of the fence, and I'll be like, "You're the Bears' special." <laughs> nice transition into the game, by the way. You picked out probably the part that got uh, beaten up the most, just picked apart like uh, like mincemeat yesterday, and that was the Chicago Bear defensive line. Watching the New England Patriot offensive line, a bunch of no names, as far as I'm concerned, but boy. They were just precision in their blocking. Ben Jarvis, Green Ellis, and the rest of them had big holes to run through. I thought uh, you could pick out many ills, big dog, but uh, in the Bear-Patriot game yesterday, line play was clearly the number one difference. Uh, you know what? Well, without a doubt, and, you know, the, the Patriots pass rush wasn't all that great. It was just that they, they mm -hmm. schemed the Bears to death, and I was – Everybody else was like, oh, that's a, it's an advantage for the, the, the snow to be going on the ground. Right when it started snowing, I'm like, the, the Bears are gone. Because you need to be able to rush Tom Brady. You need to be able to get to him without having to blitz a lot. And they couldn't pass rush at all. They were spinning their wheels all day long. And <laughs> Tom Brady would drive back, look around for four or five seconds, and hit somebody in stride for 15 yards. That's, all, that's basically what happened on every single play of the game. You know, and you brought up a good point. I don't even know why they were throwing late. Every hole they ran was huge. Every time they gave it to Ben Jarvis Green Ellis, it seemed like he got ten yards right up the middle. Mm -hmm. It was just a, it was a very very disappointing game as a Chicago Bears fan, is all I could say. Thirty six to seven, the final score. We'll talk about that game here in uh, Chicago and all the NFL games today. We'll do our traditional segment. In fact, we got a little bit more time for NFL football today and our round them up and wrap them up our. Uh, regular Monday production that we put together here on the show. Big Dog is not as much. There's some college football notes to go over, but not nearly, obviously, with uh, uh, not a lot of games. Basically, just one game. So we'll have more time to spend with the uh, NFL. A couple other topics we'll get into today uh, as well. And, of course, the phone lines are open, 888-463-6748, 888-463-6748. Another week of award-winning programming here on the Two Guys at a Mike Sports Show. 30 Six to seven. Big dog at halftime. 33 to nothing. And let us not forget, if it was not for a cheap holding call on a kickoff return for a touchdown, the Giants would have been up 40 of the Giants. The Patriots would have been up 40 to nothing. An absolute plastering in the first half. What happened? Uh, no, no, no. The score would have been exactly the same. Because don't forget, four plays after the holding penalty well, for a touchdown. Okay. Okay, but it, but it does. I have to say that's how bad it was. Like, yeah. hey, we got a break, and four plays later, Dean Branch is running up the yeah. sideline, totally uncovered. I know we stopped him in the first series after that first three and out. Did Patriots score every possession? I don't recall. Yeah, they did. Yeah, they 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 showed their first half possession, wow. and they scored on every single one of them. Touchdown! Decided. Touchdown! Punt! Touchdown! Touchdown! No, 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 no not no, punt. No, no. Touchdown! Punt. Touchdown! Field goal! Touchdown! Touchdown! Uh, it was uh, there was two field goals. So, okay. Because it was uh, 34, they missed. Uh, Excuse me, 34, they missed an extra point, which was the highlight of the first half of the Chicago Bears. <laughs> Without, when they missed that extra point, yeah, you know, I started doing the LL Cool. They don't call it a comeback, you know. So, and, as a matter of fact, you know, I, I went to the Tim Lizzie again yesterday because I was in the city and I was, you know, I, I was staying at the studio and 
they don't have televisions there, so I have to go over to uh, someplace to watch it. So I figure I'll go to like at least where I, I know the owner, and he okay. bartends on Sunday. That's usually the, the cheapest way to drink. So this was and, not an official paid appearance for two guys in a mic. No, okay. no, it was not. As well as you know, thirty-six nothing. The Bears score a touchdown. Chester Taylor and and I like the celebration. Spike the ball. <laughs> And just start walking away. His teammate yelled at him, so he did jump into his arms. And he just it was it wasn't too much <laughs> celebrating, which I appreciated. Yes, so I'll let you know that uh, after the extra point, packed bar, Bears fans with their face in their hands. A lot of Detroit Lions fans laughing at us because it is a Detroit Lions bar, mm-hmm. and I sang "Bear Down, Chicago Bear," and I was the only nice. one nice. in the whole bar who did it. I like that. Sang every word, sang it as loud as I possibly could, uh, and nobody joined you. Uh, the, the the bar owner started clapping. Like, you know, like in, in rhythm with uh-huh. me. And uh, there was like, there was one other girl. She just yelled out at the so last one. That. And the last one, she yelled out, bear down. I yeah. love that. I'm, I'm proud of you. But even though it wasn't an official appearance for two guys in a mic, you've done us proud. I appreciate someone like that as well. And to stand up. And uh, even if other people don't, don't join in, you finish the song. You were loud. You were proud. I'm proud of you, my friend. And, and trust me, when all these other bear friends, they were horrible. And I'm like, wait till we get the, the Patriots again. We don't play the Patriots twice in a season. I'm like, we play them first Sunday in February. Ooh. Wow. And then they're like, oh, they're, they're going to get killed. And I was like, yeah. I was like, when we play yeah. them in, in Dallas, they'll have the pass rushers will have good footing. And, you know, Lovey Smith will out-scheme Bill Belichick. Yeah, right. And then they realized I was right. joking. Oh, oh, look at the good news. Lovey Smith will have two weeks to prepare. <laughs> Uh, now the Detroit Tim Lizzie's must have been a very happy place yesterday because the Detroit Lions helped the Bears out. They beat the Packers seven to three. They hung on for a victory. Was glad to see it. Jimmy Schwartz and the boys. So I would imagine more than a few uh, cocktails being had at a very yeah, happy Tim Lizzie's. Quite a, quite a place at three o'clock. Bears fans and Lions fans loving each other. It was beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Uh, then all of a sudden the Bears game started and those same idiots that were when we were rooting for them started rooting against us. Ah. <sighs> That's not right. Oh yeah, there not- was about there was about like legitimately I was about to beat up a five foot one chick. <laughs> He's giving me crap. You can't stop Tom Brady. You know I was like, oh, <laughs> you know, the, like, legitimately this girl trying nothing, to break down the Chicago Bears defense and stuff. Nothing bad. worse than a five foot one and a half loudmouth uh, uh, trying to shout you down while you're cheering on your Bears, and the guy happens to be a Detroit fan. That's just oh, it was a woman. unacceptable. It was it was a woman. Oh, a woman. Yeah, and considering oh. she could out out drink me, I wasn't about to start talking smack with her. But. Oh, all right. Well, you know, did you get a phone number at least? I I I, I had a half Japanese, half Filipino nurse with me at the time, so you know, <laughs> I don't think that was going to happen. Uh, the old half Japanese, half Filipino nurse trick, huh? Yeah, exactly. Oldest so, trick in the books, big dog. Oldest trick in the books. Well, Detroit yeah. did help, but not. For all the mathematicians out there, it's starting to become time when you start to figure out, you know, the mathematical formulas, three games left in the season. For the Bear fans out there that are uh, not suicidal at this point, but definitely in deep depression after yesterday's game, the mathematical formula now for the Bears, are we pretty sure in the playoffs or are we still uh, somewhere near the ledge? Well, well, let's just put it this way. Okay, they're one game ahead of the Packers, uh, and they've already beaten the Packers once. Mm-hmm. And most importantly... Right now, the Bears have zero division losses, and the Packers have two. So if the Bears beat the Vikings next week, they're in really good shape. Because don't forget, people, the Packers go to New England 
And the greatest quarterback in the history of, well, I should say not the greatest, because he hasn't won the Super Bowls yet, but the best quarterback in the history of the Green Bay Packers is out. And I mean that. I would rather have Aaron Rodgers than Brett Favre in their prime. I'm not kidding, Coach. I know people out there might think I'm crazy. Mm-hmm. But if you take Aaron Rodgers right now and you put him on the 1996 Packers, they yeah. still win the Super Bowl. That's what I'm. That's what strong. I'm getting at. That's that's yeah. strong. And I mean, you know me. I'm a huge Aaron Rodgers fan. I think he's. It's hard to be underrated when you're considered maybe the fourth or fifth best quarterback in the NFL. But I think he's underrated. But boy, better than Favre in his prime. I really truly believe that. But then again, I mean, I really believe it, and I'll argue. But I also admit I do not like Brett Favre. Mm-hmm. I'm the, I'm one of the few people that saw through his charade 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. But just uh, his off-the-field stuff. is It doesn't start with him sending nasty text messages to uh, uh, a game hostess for the New York Jets. It's the best way for me to put it. Okay. So, well, anyway, so the, I know I'm a little biased there. So the Bears have three games left uh, at Minnesota, at home against the Jets, and then they go to Green Bay. What the Bears imperatively need is to go into that game and be playing for a bye in the first week and yep. not to get into the playoffs against the Packers. Yep. Okay. Because if they're playing to get into the playoffs against the Packers, I am going to be a, a little bit worried mm-hmm. just for the simple fact that they thought this was going to be wrapped up. You know what I mean? And all of a sudden, if they have to win that game in order to get into the playoffs, so, basically, so they still control their own destiny, Coach. If they beat the Vikings this Sunday coming up, mm-hmm. Things will be okay for the Chicago Bears. It really will be because uh, at that point they will own. Even if they lose to the Packers, if they're tied with the Packers, they will own the tiebreaker because the Bears have a better division record than the than the Packers do. Okay, so that's key. That's right. key. This game against the Vikings is gigantic for the Bears' playoffs uh, hope. And the Bears get a not not huge but slight break, and it's been a uh, despite yesterday. It's been a season where they've gotten break after break after break. They've remained healthy. A number of uh, key injuries to opponents they're playing. It's just uh, the marbles are, the the dice are rolling our way. The marbles are falling our way this year. But the Minnesota Vikings, as you alluded to, because of uh, weather conditions where the uh, Giants were not able to get in town and then the roof of the Superdome or the Metrodome blew off. So they could not play yesterday. It it didn't blow off. Coach, you haven't seen the footage. It collapsed. Collapsed. It, it, it is some of the most shocking footage you will ever see. It's eerie. If you see it, all you the first thing you will think is, thank God there was nobody there at the yeah. time. It collapsed, and at least, at least five tons of snow fell onto the field all at once. Wow. It was it was amazing. And I'll, I will put this footage up on our Facebook Very page. Very good. Thank you. Um I don't know exactly how they captured it. Maybe it was because the Fox TV cameras were already set up for the broadcast on Sunday, and I think that's how they captured it. But you see, it's just a little trickle of snow coming down through the middle, and then yeah, they yeah, show like the, in a couple spots, Dave. Yeah, like there was just a little, you're exactly right. Just a couple. It was just spots like a little trickle. I mean, just in the middle of the stadium, and just, okay. just coming down. I have down. not seen that video. No workers or any anybody. No, there's nobody in the Thank stadium. Goodness. Nobody in the stadium, and then all of a sudden. You just see the whole top like droop and then just caves wow. in. It just all hits the field. It's like it's yeah, surreal. Imagine it considering surreal. it's in Minnesota when the thing was built and safety inspections. I mean, they plan for snow. So somebody, big dog, somebody or some company in a whole heap of trouble, I would imagine. Well, well yeah, the, it, it opened in uh, in 1982. 
And when they did it, they, they tried to go by, oh, we, we have a, a much more inexpensive way to build a, uh, a dome. Mm-hmm. We all, all we, Instead of putting all the beams and making it weigh like five times more than it should, oh, we'll just build an air ventilation system and it will keep pumping air in and it'll keep the, it'll, it'll recycle the air in the stadium and it'll keep the roof up. Well, they, they didn't realize what would happen if you cover the whole thing with two feet of snow. Well, right, and it was uh, it was also heat regulation. Somebody didn't have the heat set properly in there, and that's that's wow. why the snow was able to pile up on the roof. Because okay. uh, you keep it warm enough, when it hits, it'll melt and run off. Right. So supposedly the the the. The heat was not regulated properly. Like I said, somebody or some company is going to be in a whole heap of trouble. There had to be a, a major mistake there. But uh, football-wise, any and thank goodness nobody was hurt, as you alluded to, Big Dog. Um, the Bears get a break because Minnesota will have one day left of preparation. They play tonight out in Detroit, I think they're playing against the New York Giants. So a little little yeah. bit of a break for the uh, beloved Bear next Sunday. Yeah, you know, and if you think about it, yeah, the, it seems like the Bears always get breaks. In games that are decided by less than seven points, you know, like they they got no breaks, nothing, nothing good happened to the Bears yesterday. And even if one good thing happened to the mm-hmm. Bears yesterday, they would have lost by twenty five points instead of twenty nine points. Yeah. So it, it wouldn't have made any difference. I, I'm with you on that. So. We've always said, Big Dog, if you're gonna lose, lose with gusto, lose with style. We said that on Beat the Schmoes, and all three of us did not uh, uh, follow that allegiance. You know, sometimes it's almost better to go to, you know, 0-3 instead of that just mediocre week 1-2. and two. I'm sad to report on our Beat the Schmoes football prediction contest. We play each and every Friday. Producer extraordinaire David Olson, myself, and you, all three of us, all three of us a week, milk toast like 1-2. and two. Very disappointing. Uh, not good. No. Not good. No. I was hoping for better things from you, Big Dog. You know, the Army-Navy game, I don't know if you know this, Army is going in to score a touchdown. This kid is fighting on the one-yard line. A kid from Navy pulls the ball out of his out of his grasp and uh, then returns the ball the rest of the way for a touchdown. And I ended up not how, was a 14-point swing. How late in the game? Uh, it was in the third quarter. Okay. That was it. No excuses, but it was just like right when mm-hmm. that happened, I was like, Dad, I ain't covering. Mm-hmm. Looked like it was going to make it a great game, and it would have made it a much better. They lost by 14 points. That was it. Both of us, on the other hand, we did pick uh, Detroit over the Packers, so we got that right. David Olson, uh, actually all three of us, I think. No, 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 David Olson picking Atlanta over Carolina. Remember, I made the uh, shocking, shocking prediction that the NFL's worst team, the Carolina Panthers, would pull off. Symbolic of this NFL season full of upsets would pull off the upset of the of the week, maybe the upset of the year, and knock off the best record in football, the Atlanta Falcons. It was a great prediction, Big Dog. Unfortunately, Atlanta proved why they have the best record, and Carolina showed why they have the worst. It was a blowout for the Falcons. So. Yeah, and they did pretty much whatever they whatever they wanted yes. to. Atlanta looks really, really good. You know, they do it with power running and precision passing. That's uh, a good combination on offense, and and then defense. You know, they don't dominate you. They just don't make sure they make sure you don't get killed. So mm-hmm. they're a good team, coach. They are indeed. Atlanta Falcons on a roll. They're starting to get that confidence. We'll talk about them again coming up after the first break. NFL round them up and wrap them up, uh, 36-7. to Patriots knock off the Bears. You alluded to Rod Marinelli and the defense, Big Dog. A strength all season long, one of the better defenses in the NFL. What uh, Breaking it down without getting too technical, a little bit X and O, what happened to Marinelli's defense strategy-wise, X and O-wise, where did we go wrong? 
they they thoroughly got blocked on every single play. That that really helps. And you know, Tom Brady. It seemed like I don't know how many times he threw the ball. It, it was a lot. They, like fourth quarter, they're up twenty nine points and they're throwing the ball down the field. I mean, I, I was driving me crazy. Uh, I would have to say they just couldn't get off blocks, and, and so that way Tom Brady had all day long. And then when they handed the ball off to Ben Jarvis Greenellis, there were huge holes. Mm-hmm. They were just consistently getting blocked. They had chances for interceptions. They dropped them. A bunch of batted balls that were up in the air, and you know who knows what happened. At that point, I'm sure the the Patriots were going to be able to overcome that. But you know, Brian Urlacher had a interception right in his hands. He drops it. That was right after the the Patriots had just got that the the punt return called back. And I'm like, I, mean, I was like, you know, you got to capitalize on that. And the next play, Deion Branch goes what 75 yards for a touchdown. Mm-hmm. So Urlacher uh, actually in the first half. First half had a pretty good game. He was involved in a lot of tackles, very, very active. He had the missed interception. Chris, uh, he had the tip where he timed this jump beautifully. Chris Harris should have had the interception. That would have been a big play at the time. Didn't get that. I actually thought, despite the missed interception, that uh, middle linebacker Brian Erlock, or at least in the first half, pretty good game, Big Doe. Yeah, he had uh, he had a sack in the first quarter. Yep. You know, the things looked good. And then Tom Brady just... Game Tom Brady again well, in the second drive on. You remember my advice to a Rod Marinelli, and I know Rod on occasion listens to the show if he doesn't his lovely wife. Lisa will tune into the show if Lisa doesn't. One of his uh, fine sons, I think, uh, Louie, Dewey, or Suey, do listen to the show. So hopefully, I was hoping the message was going to get out to the Marinellis, but my suggestion was not to sit back in your cover two and try a four-man rush. The only way to beat Tom Brady is to mix it up. Throw different things at him. Bring eight people to the line one time. Rush two guys the next time. You're at a major disadvantage. Try drastically different things. Get Brady thinking, get him out of his comfort zone. I didn't see that, big dog. Looked to me like the Bears played their standard package, and Brady just picked him apart. So maybe Mr. Marinelli should have listened to uh, the coach's expertise on Friday. Uh, yeah, they they didn't blitz very much, coach. They, they did play a lot, of, a lot of basic coverages, and I, I don't know if it would have made that much of a difference. To be honest with you, I did want them to get after Tom Brady and be aggressive and you know and disrupt their wide receivers. That's what I would have liked them to do is actually get up on receivers more and and beat them up on the line of scrimmage. But mm-hmm. that they weren't doing that either. So it, it was it was not good. It seemed like the the Patriots had a free run every single time they had that. They had the ball, so I just can't wait for the match, the rematch. I <laughs> love that talk. Love that talk. First week of February, very nicely done. Twenty-seven to forty, by the way, for Tom Brady. Three hundred and sixty-nine yards, couple of touchdowns. He's now gone eight games, two hundred and sixty-eight passes without an interception. We haven't even talked about the weather, Big Doe. It was unbelievable out there with the snow, the footing, the swirling wind, and the cold. I mean, just brutal conditions. These guys are paid to play in it, but. You watch Tom Brady in that offense. It was it was like it was a, a nice cool seventy two degrees in Southern California. It was amazing. Well, when when you when you're a professional and, and you practice in that stuff and the, and the Patriots do and you have and you're you know, you're the best quarterback in the NFL and you have all day to throw the ball because of those conditions. I, I, I'm, I'm I've always felt this way, Coach. You get the snow out there. It's hard for pass rushers to get after you. You give Tom Brady time. I don't care how windy it is. I, I don't care how. <laughs> You might not be able to see people with the, the snow and all that. He will figure out a way to get the ball out to you. Mm-hmm. You know, the, and you're exactly right. The only way to get early when you're talking about you, you got to confuse him, you got to get to him. Yeah, it, if you have to hit Tom Brady, if you're going to beat him, and if you don't hit him, stuff like that happened yesterday 
Maxwell, where he just basically picks you apart for three and point nine quarters. All right, eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. Um, if you want to check in with the big dog and the coach, two guys and a mic, and triple eight four six three six seven four eight. Did you like the uh, Belichick uh, headwear that he was wearing for the game, Big Dog? I kind of like that that look. Uh, I, I have to, after this game, there was nothing about Bill Belichick that I enjoyed. Really? I would have well, thought. I, mean, I totally respect the guy, but yeah. for one day, I'm not going to enjoy anything okay. about Bill Belichick. I, I kind of like the way he was just covered up. You know, they had the chin covered, the neck covered, the uh, the lips covered, lower part of his face, the fore, everything basically covered, and just two peeping eyes sneaking out. It was very nice. I don't know how he could hear in the headphones. He had the microphone set. I don't know how he could even speak because he had the the hat over his mouth. Lovey Smith, on the other hand, went with the traditional Chicago Bears winter hat, a much more stylish look. Uh, well, it, um, I'm glad we're breaking all that, down all the, yeah. the headwear from the coaches. Thank you. Thank you. And, and can we throw some kudos out to the fans who uh, who did stick around in those brutal weather conditions out there? I know not many did, but those that went into the fourth quarter, deep into the fourth quarter, those are true True Chicago Bear fan, true football fans, if not slightly uh, off their uh, keisters. Or they, I, I'm not knocking these people because I, I took the train home last night at at uh, the 8:40 train, and the best for me to describe it is those people that were at the game yesterday were the ones that uh, were given tickets by people, and they don't get to go to a lot of Bears games, and that's probably why they stayed so late. Good point. Because, uh, like that's basically the only time I ever get offered tickets by somebody is when it's absolutely poured out so that's you got to throw that in there because yep. people who typically go to bears games are like i'm not sitting in that stuff good point i got a call a uh, saturday night hey you got an extra Jack. ticket for the game you want to go i don't think so but thank you for asking all right big dog we're gonna take a quick break rest up we got about 38 seconds then we're bringing the nfl round them up and wrap them up at you and then uh we got other things to talk about too a little hot stove college hockey college soccer a little golf and also some uh, Heisman Trophy talk, huh? Very good, Coach. I'll be more than happy to. All right. Quick break. Back in a minute. Two guys in a mic. Phone lines open. Dial it up. 888-463-6748. Don't go anywhere. are open for your calls on two guys and a mic call 888 go for it once again here's the coach john Cohn, and the big dog joel radwanski on talkzone.com welcome back talkzone.com two guys and a mic producer extraordinaire david olson guiding us through the somewhat uh, snow-ridden freezing ship that is the two guys and a mic show for a monday december 13th big dog and a coach at your service big dog a couple of uh Emails telling us check out Joel's video on ShytownMix.com and something they're alluding to the fact that you are doing a drink responsibly video. Explain a por favor. Yeah, yeah I've done. I'm, I'm doing a couple of them, and basically it's um, you know, this week, this Friday, uh, I meet with Diageo, 
and uh, we're trying. Uh, uh, the Rain Man and I are, are putting together a proposition to actually be hired out as you know media for them. Okay. And they're they're going to hire us out. I know that, and they have they want me to do Rigdeville stuff, and they want me to do um, some March Madness stuff. But I need to start making money now, if you understand. And we have a a much more grand idea of what we're going to do for them. Okay. And and one of them was like just you know, like do uh, some drink responsibly spots, and and I think they're pretty funny. Now it's not a, it's not a spoof though. It's it's for real. Yeah. Okay. It's but, just basically me showing pictures of okay. uh, people in that are extremely inebriated and they ended up in a very bad position and then I make a one-liner comment about them and then I go to another picture. Mm-hmm. So you would like it. It's, it's okay. short attention span right. theater coach. I've had a few, uh, you know me, I'm a big short attention span guy. I've had a few people email and I will be checking out that video immediately post-show. Again, that's on ChiTownMix.com. I did have a buddy tell me he's pulling off the highway, you know, the... the uh, the homeless guy, we assume they're homeless with the signs. Uh-huh. Yeah, we've all seen <laughs> He said one guy had a sign that said, why lie? Dot, dot, dot. I need a drink. <laughs> now, now, that's the guy you take five bucks out of your pocket and put it in there, right? Well, yeah, I, I hate to say it, but, yeah, I've, I have to admit, when they do that, I, I, yeah. I'm more likely to yeah. actually, you know, I give like them a that. hand. Honestly, the best policy. He's got the cardboard sign. Why lie? I need a drink. Thank you very much. You know, much. It, it was funny. Is one day some guy was like, "I'm just hungry. I just need something to eat." Mm-hmm. So I got, I, I went and I got like a 99 cent chicken sandwich. Yeah. And I walked by and I handed it to him. He's like, "What am I gonna do with this?" I'm like, "About about 20 minutes ago, you said <laughs> all you needed to do was eat." Seriously. So after that, I never give a guy anything after that. So you're, you're a man of practical means, sympathetic if not practical, big dog. I'm very proud of you. I do appreciate that, Coach. Thank you very much. All right, we've got the uh, NFL round them up and wrap them up. A pretty good, pretty good week 14 of the NFL season. Don't forget, there's not 16 of these babies. There are 17, so three more weeks to go. The playoff picture starting to come into focus. There were some weird games, most of which I did not see. But, Doug, I'll be perfectly honest with you. So I'm going to count on your expertise and your um, thought processes. But, David Olson, let's hit the music and let's give it a shot. Uh, game one, we alluded to uh, already. The Detroit Lions finally get a victory. They beat the Packers 7-3. to The defense holds barely, barely late in the game. And big dog Aaron Rodgers uh, got concussed again. That's his second this season. Some concerns for Aaron Rodgers and family. Uh, should be concerned. I mean, that was a vicious hit that he took. Somebody ran in from behind and uh, just hammered him and his head slammed on the ground. And it wasn't Indomitian Stu who did it. It was a linebacker, but... I got to take him in. Dominican Sue is again dominating coach. That guy is just absolutely amazing, and they helped the Bears out with a 7-3 win. And by the way, the Lions, I like the strategy at the end of the game. It was fourth and two. They call a timeout with three seconds to go in the game. Yes. They're up by four. Very and weird. Very like, weird. People, people are like, oh, they're going to punt the ball, and they're going to go, oh, no, they're going to return it because it was a bunch of, around a bunch of Lions fans. They just assumed they were going to lose. I'm like, no, they're not. They're going to snap the ball and throw it down the field. They're like, why would they do that? Drew Stanton drops back and flings the ball down the field toward the receiver, but out of bounds. Yep. So they can't go. What a smart, intelligent call, and the Lions win the game on that play. Yeah, Real it was odd. Uh, you know, at one point you think they're rubbing it in, trying to go for another score, but couldn't the quarterback have just backpedaled three, four, five, and then taken a knee? But I guess the concern was maybe they wouldn't have left three seconds on the clock. 
that, yeah, that's, I yeah. understand that. Yeah, so he, he took it, dropped back, like, it, like, and just fired it where there was no way the ball was going to be caught inbound. I thought it was a really, really smart play, Coach. Mm-hmm. So they won the game on that play. All right, and Jimmy Schwartz, a uh, very, very good young coach. So we'll, we'll, we'll see if the Detroit Lions can build on that big victory course that helped the Chicago Bears. Game two in the round of up, wrap them up. San Diego, they're making a statement saying, hey, we could be the team to beat this side of the New England Patriots. They take on Kansas City. I think the game was at Arrowhead, right, Doug? No, no, that was it was in San Diego. You it sure? Was, it was in San Diego. I'm, I'm pretty sure okay. it was in San Diego. Uh, all right. Uh, because it, it looked pretty nice out on all the highlights that I've seen. 31 to nothing. The Chargers win 426 total yards against a pretty good KC team. New England versus San Diego might, right now, if they play, it would be a game worth watching, Big Doug. Uh, yeah, anybody that can give the Patriots a battle right now would end up being a, a, a really good football game. And you know, the, the Chargers, you know, they're, they finally got a good game out of Ryan Matthews, their number one overall draft pick. And if, if they can get any semblance of a running game going, we all know what their passing game can do with Phillip Rivers right now. So uh, the Chargers, they might end up being a pretty good team. Game three on the docket. Don't count out the San Francisco 49ers just yet. Michael Singletary and company finding a way. 40-21 to 21 over Seattle. The 49ers are 5-8, and eight, big dog. And they're right smack in the middle of the NFC West championship hunt. Yeah, they're only a game behind <laughs> the, the Seahawks, who they destroyed yesterday, yep. and, and, the, and the Rams, who uh, got destroyed by the Saints yesterday. So... Uh, ever since Troy Smith has played, they've played a lot better because they yeah. were they were one and six when he took over, so they're four and two. Well, the only this, problem you know, with your your theory, my friend, you've been too busy in work and not realizing that Alex uh, Smith came back and played yesterday at three touchdown passes. Yes, they did bring back Alex Smith, which I thought was odd, but uh, it, obviously they know what they're doing: three touchdowns, two hundred and sixty yards for A. Smith. Well, you know, I guess if they feel like he gives them the best chance to win and he's also the number one overall draft pick that they're paying. I mean, how much are they wait, paying wait, this wait, guy? Wait, I think wait, it's about time. Wait, wait, switch. Give the phone back to the big dog. Okay. What, 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 don't throw cliches like best chance to win and he was a first-round draft pick, so he should be playing. I want. Please let me talk to Joel Radwanski once again. Well, you got to figure if you pick a guy number one overall, you kind of want him to be the one who leads you to, to the promise land, yeah, well, don't that's, you? That's what most people would say. That's not what my good partner, the big dog, would say. He would say, you play the guy who produces. Who cares where they were picked? I'm with you on that, but that's maybe the whole point was to get the guy ready again. <laughs> All right. Very good. I mean, I, I've been saying play Troy Smith this whole time. I know sudden, that. You know, they play Alex Smith this past week, and, and he has a good game. Yep. So. All right. You know they want, they would rather have Alex Smith leading them to victory than Troy Smith. If, if you're the 49ers brass, that's what they want. So. Uh, we have now exceeded David Olson's mandatory 32 seconds of San Francisco 49er talk. We must move on. <laughs> yeah, go. Uh, next up in the docket, we alluded to this one earlier, too. Atlanta 31, Carolina 10. The Atlanta Falcons, Michael Turner, 123 yards, a ground game going. Matt Ryan was uh, precision, if not uh, dramatic, in the passing game. The defense solid. The Atlanta Falcons, what are it, six in a row, seven in a row? They're rolling big dog. Yeah, I, I'm telling you, they're, they're dominant, Coach. They have a, the perfect offense for a, a playoff team. 
and uh, their defense is good enough. Their defense can rush the quarterback. They don't you know, they don't get destroyed against the running game. They're pretty solid. They're, they're going to be a tough out in the playoffs, and they're probably going to have home field advantage. And they don't lose at home ever. Wikipedia Will, who's our new research guy, Ray, by the way. Ray, the research guy? Uh-huh. He got let go over the weekend. Oh, that's bad. Yeah. So we have hired, I'm still getting to know the guy, but Wikipedia Will, that's what I'm calling him. He is informing me that for the Atlanta Falcons, seventh consecutive win. I would question your uh, term of dominant, though. They're winning outside of yesterday. I don't know if they're, I'm quite ready to put the dominant tag on it. No, I, I, I said they have the perfect offense for a playoff team is what I said. Okay. They, they got power running game and precision passing. That's exactly what you want if you're going to be uh, – uh, a good playoff team, and they are dominant at home. And I, I will re—I'll say that again. They've lost one game at home since Matt Ryan has become the quarterback three years ago. Okay, that's dominant. Any words of advice? You can't see them personally, but the, via the telecommunic phone lines. Any words of advice for brand new employee? Wikipedia will big dog. Uh, whatever you get your paycheck, sprint to the bank to cash it. <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm sure those those, those uh, words will be very heartfelt. I'm sure they are, Coach. <laughs> Mr. Sentimental over here. Pittsburgh knocks off Cincinnati Big Dog 23-7. The Steelers, very much like uh, uh, Atlanta, were very precision-like, if not spectacular. Awfully good on the defensive end of the Cincinnati Bengals. Big Dog, what you, uh, advice can you give for our listeners out in Cincinnati who have now lost 10 consecutive games. The storied history of the Cincinnati Bengals. This could be one of their worst streaks. Uh, Coach, I can't believe I'm saying this, but okay, so there was uh, uh, Carson Palmer, the number one overall draft pick in the 03 draft. Time to bench him. This is his eighth season in the NFL. I think it's time to sit him down, okay? He did throw two touchdown passes. Unfortunately, they were caught by Lamar Woodley and Troy Palomolo of the Pittsburgh Steelers. I do think it's time to try something else. And, <laughs> and I, I, I can honestly say, I don't think I've ever seen a quarterback fall off the cliff as fast as Carson Palmer has. Yeah. You know, I've seen it happen to pitchers, you know, yeah. but for quarterbacks, I mean, this guy, his first three seasons in the NFL, 03, 04, 05, looked like he was going to be the next Peyton Manning. Ever since, bad coach, really bad. I know they made the playoffs last year. But they, they did it to fight him. It's, it's unbelievable how bad that he turned into be. We will do some research. We'll have Wikipedia. We'll check it out. But, Big Dog, one of your theories when things like this happen, women, weakened legs, possibly. Possibly a woman behind the downfall. Uh, that there's But behind every great uh, man, there's a woman. Behind every failed man, there's a woman. <laughs> Truer words have never been spoken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Next up on the docket, Buffalo Bills get a victory. Officially knocked the Cleveland Browns out of the playoff hunt, 13-6. to Very similar to the Detroit Lions. The Buffalo Bills, uh, the record not good, Big Doug. They've been competitive. Uh, their coaching staff keeps the team fired up, ready to play and prepared. They come out with a victory. It was good to see. Buffalo Bills, despite not a good record, they have earned my respect this year. Yeah, you know what? They've, they've lost a lot of close games. They're very Detroit Lion-like in yep. that respect. Mm-hmm. And uh, on the other the side of the ball, the Cleveland Browns. Peyton Hillis ran for 108 yards, and he becomes the first Caucasian running back to rush for 1,000 yards in the NFL 
since 1985. The first what running back? Caucasian. Ah. Really? Yeah, do you know who is the last white dude to run for 1,000 yards in the NFL? And the year you said was since? 1985. Wait a minute. You're telling me there's been no white running backs to run for 1,000 yards since 1985? I don't know how many times I give facts to you that are interesting, and then you you think I, I'm making them up or something. Oh, like that's that. that's uh, I'm shocked. Yeah, isn't absolutely that, isn't shocked. That? All right, 1985, boy. Well, we know it wasn't a bear. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, the, the definitely. It's funny you bring the bears up. The bears have a connection to this guy, by the way, uh, in that 1985 season. Uh huh. I'm not going to be able to get it. That's a great NFL run of a raffle muscle. We'll see if we can get it. That's an awesome trivia question. 888-463-6748. Anybody out there not using a internet search to figure out the answer, if you know it off the top or trying to figure out in your head, maybe you can come up with an answer. That's a great trivia question. Last white running back, Caucasian running back, to gain 1,000 yards. I'm shocked that no one's done it since 1985. 888-463-6748. And Peyton Hellas got it done yesterday for the Browns. So. All right, congratulations to him. Best game of the day, Big Dog. Best game of the day was Jacksonville and Oakland back and forth. It went the Raiders actually had a 10-point lead fairly late in the game. Jacksonville comes back to win the game. What a job by Maurice Jones-Drew. They had another running back gain 100 yards, Jennings. And uh, McFadden gained 123 for Oakland. David Gerrard was outstanding with three touchdowns. Jacksonville continues to find a way, but this was an exciting game. Oh, real exciting game. Talking about Peyton Hillis' teammate at Arkansas, along with Felix Jones. It was uh, Darren McFadden, a lot of great running backs from that, that Arkansas team. And uh, what a game. Uh, McFadden had three touchdowns. He had 86 yards receiving, 123 rushing. You would think, wow, that. A game like that, a team had to win. No, they didn't because all the Raiders defense couldn't stop anybody yesterday. And uh, the Jaguars' offense, to me, is the most surprising unit in all of football, how productive that team has been. Because if you think about it, it's Maurice Jones-Drew, who's, who's a superstar, and a bunch of nobodies, Garrard, Mercedes Lewis, Mike Sims walker Tim Thomas. Who are these guys? Phenomenal season this year for uh, Jack Del Rio. And don't forget everybody in Jacksonville wanted him fired last year. Just just a reminder. Be careful what you wish for, fans. Good point. Sometimes firing the coach is the worst thing you can do. Moving right along in our uh, NFL roundup and wrap up Philadelphia Eagles knock off the Dallas Cowboys. Big dog 30-27. to LaShawn McCoy. Four catches, but over 200 yards. He had a big day in, or I should say Deshaun Jackson. And LaShawn McCoy, the running back, in 149 yards. That's a pretty big game. I didn't hear much about it, but the Eagles knock off Jason Garrett and the Cowboys. 30-27, pretty solid game between two great rivals. Yeah, it was uh, it was a Sunday night game, and uh, there was that little moment for uh, Don Meredith, who passed away this weekend. Oh, good. Yeah, it was. I mean, not good I, that I he passed away. I didn't get away. to watch the game. I didn't get to really watch the game uh-huh. yesterday, but I did see the first play of the game, and it was a it was a fake run to the right. Michael Vick rolls out left and throws the ball 900 yards <laughs> to Deshaun Jackson. Who I don't know how you you just don't. They they do that every game. They they fake a play and throw a bomb on the opening play every single game. When are somebody actually going to realize that that's what they do? The Bears did, by the way. They tried to do that play to the Bears and they were all over it. They so. copied that, by the way. They copied that from my Steelers fourth grade flag football team. 
That was my strategy each and every game, Big Duck, because nobody scouts, of course. And my uh, my son, David, he of slight build, the manager of the game. You, you know you know how I hate guys that manage the game at quarterback? Well, my son was the quarterback. He managed the game. But the first play of the game, we would always try to fool the other team. So I took my big lineman, Danny Legitino, the big guy, uh-huh. who could throw the ball the farthest. And I had him quarterback the first set. And we would do fake handoff, and I'd have him throw to my wide receiver, who was like three foot two inches tall. Gotcha. And we get a touchdown every play. It was a beautiful thing. I guarantee they copied it from my fourth grade flag football team. You'd be surprised that the only people scouting those leagues are the NFL scouts. There you go. What better place to look? Next up on the docket, NFL round them up, wrap up. Actually, next and last, the Miami Dolphins knock off the New York Jets 10 to 6. Things are starting to crumble. Not completely, but a few cracks. In the armor of the New York Jets as Miami knocks them off 10 to 6. Matt Sanchez, Mark Sanchez, whatever his first name might be, not so good. The Miami Dolphins have put out a defensive show, big dog. Dolphins over the Jets. Yeah, it, it was a, a, just a total defensive game all the way around because the, the Dolphins' only touchdown came after uh, getting the ball deep in the, the Jets' territory after Sanchez fumbled. So I uh, a couple of really good defensive games yesterday around the NFL. I think Miami had 137, 142, something like that. Total yard, total for the game, and they still one. How many times does that happen in NFL history? I, I doubt that there's some, a team with less than 150 yards winning wow. a football game. I know the Bears have done it before, and I know they did it in 0-1 one game. But, yeah, that, that's bad, Coach. That's really bad. All right. And that concludes another uh, shining, award-winning example of our NFL roundabout wrap-up. Nicely done, Big Dog. And I, I would say after... Week 14 of the NFL season, the Atlanta Falcons, the San Diego Chargers, the New England Patriots. Right now, those three teams um, stand above. Would you agree? Uh, I would definitely say they are starting to separate themselves. And, and you know, recently, the last couple of weeks, the defending Super Bowl champions, ah. New Orleans Saints, are maybe yes. they continue to play there. They're not going to get a bye. And either the Chargers are, probably aren't going to get a bye either. But there, there's a chance that uh, maybe the, the Saints actually work their way into that discussion, Coach. Six consecutive victories after they crossed the St. Louis Rams yesterday. Drew Brees, three touchdown passes. Uh, any of our fans out there, you want to comment on any of the NFL games from yesterday? We are here at your service. Big Dog and the Coach, 888-463-6748. The Heisman winner, Reggie Bush, not or the ex-Heisman winner, he had to give back the trophy. He's still not playing for the New Orleans Saints, correct, Big Dog? No, no, no. He, he's been back two weeks. He didn't ah. really get too much uh, playing time okay. last week, but he got a few more touches this past week. Okay. They're breaking him in nice and slow. Coach. Okay, so he's working his way back, and we use that as a transition into the 2010 Heisman Trophy presentation. Uh, the expected, I thought maybe there would be an upset, but uh, Cam Newton won by a large majority. I don't know if you watched it or not, Big Dog, but uh, we both agreed, or you Pretty confident he's had the greatest trophy in all the sport. The Heisman, it goes to Cam Newton. Yes, yes. And uh, I watched uh, the replay of it. My boys actually taped it for me. Very nice. After, uh, so that's what I did last night, is after we got done watching all the UFC fights this weekend. And, man, UFC fights were the greatest sport event that happened this <laughs> weekend. I, I know you don't watch any of that stuff. Every single fight, absolutely yeah. ridiculously phenomenal. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, George St. Pierre absolutely dominated uh, Josh Kotchak. That was beautiful. Yeah, he black-eyed uh, the guy, right? Didn't didn't knock him out, but uh, the guy couldn't see out of one eye. Yeah, that's basically yeah. what happened. 
just absolutely just threw jab after jab after jab into his eye. And Josh Koshek would shut mm-hmm. up to promote the fight, said a lot of stupid stuff, that got a lot of attention out of it, and George St. Pierre made him pay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when that was done, I watched Cam Newton, and he, uh, he had a very nice speech. And you could tell the other three guys didn't even prepare it. because. <laughs> and, and by the way, you were right, Coach. Andrew Luck finished in second ahead of LaMichael James. I uh-huh. was extremely surprised about that. Okay. I would not have – I would have put LaMichael James ahead of Andrew Luck, personally. Uh-huh. That's, I was really surprised to see Andrew Luck finish ahead of LaMichael James. But <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you don't win first, it doesn't really matter if you finish second, third, or fourth. Uh-huh. Just as long as you get to go to the presentation, I guess that's good enough. So but in your educated Newton, opinion, the other three guys, they didn't even scribble notes. Huh? There's no reason to uh, prepare any kind of speech. Well, Kellen Moore didn't have to. As soon as he lost in Nevada, he tore up his acceptance speech, and he just went there. wasn't even nervous to have a good time in New York for the weekend. Uh-huh. That was probably smart of him. Uh, LaMichael James and Andrew Luck probably were like, hey, maybe uh, maybe there's people who don't vote because of the whole Reggie Bush issue. And believe it or not, Coach, as much as it was a landslide uh, of the – I can't remember the exact amount, but I'm pretty sure it was 889. Uh, possible vote for mm-hmm. the Heisman this year. Fourteen people did not return a ballot, and 105 of those uh, 871 remaining ballots didn't even have Cam Newton on the ballot. Interesting. So of the actual ballots that were turned in, 93% had Cam Newton as the Heisman Trophy winner, which, by the way, would have meant that if the 100 and five people, if they actually would have voted, and 93% put him as the number one uh, uh, first-place guy, he uh, would have finished in second place for the largest uh, largest victory of all time. And if any of the 18 had turned in their ballots and put him as the number one guy, he would have been had the widest margin of victory, which I agree. I don't think there's ever been a year when there's been – such a clear-cut favorite, but then again, mm-hmm. I've never seen a year where there was the guy up for the Heisman Trophy where they were determined whether or not he was eligible or not during the season. So I can see the controversy. I didn't watch way, enough Auburn football, but I, but I read people had heard experts say it was one of the best individual seasons ever. Ever. Ever in college football. Ever. Period, Coach. Ever. That's strong. Okay. I, uh, uh, sad to say, you know, I don't have a job, so I watch football every single Saturday, and, and I, I'm admit this admittedly. Uh, I'm a diehard Big Ten fan, and I will I will fight for the Big Ten the rest of my life. But when SEC football is on, I watch SEC football because it's the best football in America. And uh, they, there was no doubt he was the best player mm-hmm. in the country this year. So he, he, it was it was it was unbelievable. It, he was it was an average Auburn team with the best player in the country and they're in the national title game. So. An above-average Auburn team. I'll yeah. give them that. You, you, you mentioned Kellen Moore real quick on the college football front. Again, phone lines open here, 888-463-6748. On Friday, emailer uh, Tippecanoe Tammy had emailed in, and I meant to, uh, and I agree with her point. What Tippecanoe Tammy said was that Boise State, we were talking college football bowls, and I think they're playing Utah. They got matched up against Utah, who ended out the season with uh, – you know, kind of slipping off the face of the college football map, lost at least a couple of games. Boise State, one loss. And the one loss they had, Big Dome, was because the guy missed barely, 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 barely missed a 26-yard field goal. Other than that, a dominant season. I understand them not being in a BCS Bowl, sort of, 
but they should have been matched up against another power team, not Utah. No justice, no uh, respect for my good friends from Boise State. Uh, you know I, I couldn't agree more with you there, Coach. And, and don't forget last year they put Boise State against TCU because the last thing they wanted was Boise State to, yeah. to beat a Texas. Well, obviously Texas and Alabama were playing the national title game. They did not want one of those teams. They didn't want TCU or Boise State to yeah. beat one of the big-name schools, so they well, made well, it well, they played each other. Who was they? The people who did make the BCS games. Coach. A, who else could possibly be talking about? Well, that's, a, that's a little bit of a, games. So you're saying there, there's like a conspiracy? They don't want Boise State to get respect? Why? Yeah. What would the motivation be there? I don't get it. Because the people who put these games together are the people that run the, the automatic qualifying conferences, and the last thing they want to be do is to be proven wrong and have to divvy up the pot a little bit more. That is... Uh, you can, we can argue this all day long, Coach. Mm-hmm. Why, why is uh, Boise State playing Utah again this year? The last thing they want yeah. is Boise State to beat an automatic yeah, that's qualifying school. That's really a shame. Boise State against uh, Michigan State. A Boise that's, State that against... That sounds, oh, like a, sounds like a great game to me, yes. Coach. I would love to see that game. I'd much rather see that game than, than play Utah, yeah. who, by the way, is going into a, uh automatic qualifying conference next year. So, mm-hmm. All right. Anyhow, so we... I, I, it, it, it bothers me, Coach. It bothered me last year when TCU played Boise State. Okay. It, it was, it, it, I was disgusted by it. So we both agree with the emailer, Tippecanoe Tammy. She also says uh, something about sending pictures. I don't know if that's a private thing between you and her. I will leave that to the two of you. Uh, also in the college football... By the way, by the way if, if Tippecanoe uh, Tammy wants those pictures, I will not involve Tyler, too. <laughs> Oh, well, we're all glad to hear that. Yeah. Let's keep things above board. We are America's number one family sports show. As long as you don't have a family and you're not living in America. Navy defeated Army. Big Dog, I know you're a big fan. 31-17. Talk a little bit about the pregame and what this game meant. Navy, awfully good football team. You mentioned already the turnaround play in that game. Yeah, you know, I I didn't get to watch the game. I really wanted to, but I, I, I called up a... One of my friends called me who had, who listened to the the show the other day, and he he's like, yeah, I made it a point to watch the beginning of the game. He's like, I was in tears. And I guess there was uh, one guy from Navy who was uh, a Navy SEAL who passed away in Afghanistan this year that played in the game last year. Mm-hmm. He's like, after seeing that, he's like, I had to watch the game. And he was like, the, he, he called me during the middle of it, and he called me right after the, the play at the goal line where the Navy kid returned it after the fumble all the way back. And he was like, it's like the effort in this game was unbelievable. This game was, uh, he just kept talking about how much he enjoyed watching the game. So yeah. By the way, cool. for, I was shocked to read this. For Navy, their ninth consecutive victory over the armed forces? Yeah, you know what? It, it's funny. is Before this streak, it seemed like every single year they flip-flop wins. Yes. And no, in, in the series, no team got bigger than like a one-game lead. It was like if Navy would go up 50-49 in the series, then Army would win the next year. And then all of a sudden, this last nine years, it's been all Navy. Mm-hmm. All Navy, Coach. That's it's no, there's never been a, a more dominant run by one of the academies uh, in the series than Navy's had right now. Nine in a row. Very quickly, a college hockey. we got about a minute and a half to talk about. 113,411 outdoors at Michigan Stadium. The big chill in the big house, big dog. Michigan and Michigan State hockey, pretty cool. 113-plus show up. Yeah, that was. It was a, a sight to behold. And, you know, that's, it seems like that event gets bigger and bigger every single year. You know, Michigan State started doing this way back in the day, and now, you know, so they're, they're involved in Michigan with it now. Hopefully they do that every single year. And mm-hmm. they should do it on, like, a Tuesday, a Tuesday night, so they're not going up. And, well, they were smart enough to do it when there was only one other college 
football game going on at the time. Mm-hmm. So it didn't have a lot of competition. So at least I got that part of it right, Coach. Michigan uh, beat Michigan State, by the way, 5 to nothing. And finally, college soccer, the men's soccer season, came to a close. Big dog, you know, uh, based on our ratings, how we, by our nature, we root for the uh, underdog. How about Akron? Akron winning their first ever soccer national championship one to nothing over favored Louisville. Congratulations to our good friends in Akron, Ohio. Congratulations to Akron. They won one zip. Yes, they did. Because they are the zips. And, Scott uh, just, Caldwell uh, got the game-winning goals. I'd imagine Scott Caldwell uh, BMOC this weekend, this week. I, I'm sure he is on the Akron campus. And uh, for the trivia question, Coach, for the the, the last Oh, the thank back, you. The thank last you. white running back to yes. run for 1,000 yards. The, the reason why he had a connection to the Bears that year was because he played against the Bears in the Super Bowl in 1985. Can you figure him out yet? I only did because Dave put it up on the screen. Okay, it was Craig James. Yeah. Wow. Craig James. No and, Caucasian uh, running back has gained 1,000 yards since Craig James? In a quarter century. That's that's a quarter I'm, I'm ashamed to be a member of the Caucasian race right now, Big Dog. Yes, so am I. And, and by the way, I just want to ask you something. Do, do, you, do you have any idea who the group Anonymous is, Coach? Uh, no. I'm just surprised that this is not getting more play. They've been shutting down different corporations all over the world. And uh, last Friday when they shut down MasterCard and Visa oh, yeah, for yeah, eight no, hours. I, I thought when you said group, I thought it was like a rock group. Yeah, I am a little bit aware of what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, I just I just find it funny that nobody has given them. Uh, CNN didn't talk about it at all on Friday. Mm-hmm. And WGN talked about it for like a minute. Right. It was less than a minute. They took it like 15 seconds. All right, well, so we'll you know what? We'll, we'll give them five or ten minutes tomorrow on our show. we got to run. Big Dog Residue Tuesday tomorrow. Be good out there, okay? Bye, Shelka. Beautiful. Thanks for listening, everybody. David Olson, great job. we got to sign off. TalkZone.com. Have a great day.